The Voice of the K. I must tell you with that introduction and it almost sounds like the music of Welcome to Cape Town. <laughs> so yeah, of course, this is Shahida Kali and you're tuned to the Shahida Kali show. And that introduction, you know, kind of makes you feel I'm welcoming you to my program because in my program we'll have serious talk and we also will have lots and lots and lots of fun. So let me tell you about what we're doing at eight o'clock this evening. We're doing another segment of the travel programs that I do and we're going to have a few editions of these programs and the purpose of it is to bring diversity to the program content of course on uh, VOC and you know we strive to bring to you firsts so this again is a first in a different category and we're very very proud that at 8 o'clock tonight we will continue with this program and we're focusing on travel experiences and the, the purpose the purpose of the program is to educate, to share, to excite, to allow you to dream with us, to have fun and happiness and to kind of, you know, work on the imaginative and the creative mind. I think of the time when we as children were sitting at the radio and we will listen to these stories and it will play itself out in pictures in our minds. And that is what the travel program is seeking to do. That happens at eight o'clock. And we will be focusing on the Ottoman Tour Experience 2016 with the travel to Turkey that we've done and we've just returned. And to bring you brand new information about the experience in Turkey. So for now... We are into the program VOC SOS Helpline. Now, just the program before was the legal hour. And the attorneys, Ihsan and Faisal and the other, the lady who was present, they were speaking about when they're at the masjid and on the way between, um, you know, when you've just finished your, your prayers and getting to your shoes, people will invariably stop you and say, can I quickly ask you a question? And that's what motivated the legal hour to come about. Similarly, VOC SOS Helpline has come about in response to the need of the community. So, for example, every week when I had finished my program, there will be so many people phoning and asking and saying, can I ask you a question? Can I speak with you? Can you just share your thoughts on this, that and the other matter? And as much, you know, when people see me, whether it is at a function at the masjid, you know, these days with WhatsApping and, and SMSing, etc., there would be so many questions that come through. And that motivated the fact that we will have a program that brings clinical psychology to our listeners. And we are so proud and humbled that we're able to do that. 
So in this part of the program, I respond to you as a registered clinical psychologist. And so, you know, whatever you have that you feel you want to ask, you want to share, you want to um, express, perhaps you're feeling different feelings. You could be feeling overwhelmed, sad, mad, anxious, angry, agitated, worried, You know, sometimes people say, I just don't even know how I should be feeling, what I should be doing, what I should be thinking. I just, I just don't know. And when you feel those feelings, you're welcome to give us a call and you can phone us on the number 021-442-3530 or you can SMS on the SMS number 47913. Remember when you phone, you will find yourself live on the air. To be able to remain anonymous and also to not to mention people or institutions or organizations names would be a requirement of the uh, program. So just be very, very careful when you do phone that you don't mention your name or people's names. Sometimes we tweak the story a little bit so that we kind of protect people's um, identification. Then, so... So you're welcome to send me your comments, your questions, um, you know, and to do it timelessly because very often we find that in the last 15 minutes people will send so many questions and then you're not able to respond to it in a good way. So I would like to encourage people to send their questions sooner rather than later and to put as much information into the um, into the SMS or so as possible so that we can, you know, really look at a good intervention in response to the content of the SMS. So I will start off by perhaps responding to um, a question I was asked. And uh, this is about a couple who hasn't been married for too long. They're actually very young people and they have a few little ones um, that will probably all be under the age of 10. And um, the wife is experiencing that her husband has changed. He's gone very quiet, very withdrawn. It seems as if he finds difficulty being uh, loving towards her. So there's just been this very great change in the response to the wife by the husband. So when I read that message, I thought to myself, firstly, what courage for, you know, this um, situation to be made known because very often when you're young and you have dreams about your marriage, you feel very bad when these things happen. So very, very often the first thing that you will do is you will start self-guessing and self-blaming. What have I done? Am I not good enough? Don't I look good enough anymore? Have I gone too fat? Has my body changed too much? Um, you, you know, in, and you can understand I sketch the situation In a marriage with three little ones of young people, you can only imagine how busy they must be as parents and as a mommy and how tired she she will be. And so very, very often in this scenario, you find there is neglect of the couple. There is neglect of lovemaking. There is neglect of, of, or there is, you know, the difficult to have, uh, the difficulty to have special 
I, I call it lovey-dovey time. There is just not time, you know. When they get into bed, they fall into bed like two people who are absolutely dead because they are so tired. And so those are the types of things that would impact on both and sometimes more on the one person than the other. So, you know, the, the first thing is to try and sit down with your husband and try and understand what is happening to him. Why has he changed? What is it that is different? What is it I'm possibly would I would explore? What could he be disappointed in? What is what feels to him like a loss? Now, you know, in our in our community, very often people won't say, you know, I have a stunning wife and I have three wonderful children, but I feel so bad. I feel like I've lost my freedom or I feel like I've lost my privacy or I've lost the fact that I can just sleep through the whole night and lie in bed till Zuer the next day. Those are losses, you know, in the reality of the new life. So often people feel ashamed to have to speak about the rea- their reality, albeit the good and but also the tough. So very often people will feel, I can't speak about that because it's going to make me sound like I'm a bad Muslim or a bad person or a bad husband or a bad father, you know. So and and so that's one aspect and one of the things that, that your husband could be experiencing. The other is before people go into marriage, they are in love They think everything is colored with rose-colored fancy glasses and alles is nicht anki-dori and people are having fun time and you can go out at the drop of a hat and you can get up in the middle of the night and say, Oh, no tea drink. And, you know, we are just going to party, the two of us, tonight, two o'clock and three o'clock at night time. So, you know, when with the new marriage. So there's a... There's an idea of a of a marriage. There's an excitement about the marriage and the things that we're going to be doing. And wow, intimacy galore, lots and lots and lots of intimacy that we're going to have, etc. At any time that we wish to. And then the first baby happens, perhaps even before that pregnancy happens. And sometimes uh-oh, a lady might have a difficult pregnancy. So because of the difficult pregnancy, for example, she's instructed to lie down. Um, she's not supposed to walk around a lot. She must take it easy. She can't take, do a lot of work. Um, the, you know, it's better to not to be intimate with her husband because they need to protect the pregnancy that she doesn't miscarriage. So already it, the expectations and the reality look different. So now he has to adjust. And of course, he, you know, he is just who he is. He is a man. He needs his wife for different reasons. But now he has to adjust to that. And then the first baby comes and maybe it's a colicky baby. And before you know it, the next baby and the next baby. And what I'm saying is, and in that process, the marriage, almost if you only look at the marriage, husband and wife, Boki and Boki is just no longer and now it's a family and now it's a family that needs looking after 
It's a family that needs lots of finances, hard work. Hy met overtime werk, hy is baie moeg. Hy het die sense van responsibility, hy worry om moest wat, am I going to be good, am I going to be a good husband, will I be able to afford and, and look after my children, will I be able to pay for the school fees and etc, etc, etc. When you have all those worries, these are all contributing factors that could make your husband go quiet and go into a quiet space that feels as if he is withdrawing from you he could be becoming so anxious and depressed that it's not a matter of being cold but he's going into a depressed mood which means it's very difficult to be loving and to express that love when you are in a depressed state so we're discussing different different uh, possibilities of why this husband could be um, doing and changing the way he has. But I know for now we need to take commercial news. When we come back, we will look at another possibility that one cannot ignore. Stay with us. The Voice of the King. The voice of the King. love my intro and I wonder whether you dance when it plays as well because I certainly just want to get up and dance and of course I'm alone in the studio so I can dance and I love dancing so certainly when I hear that intro just puts me in a happy mode which is great so let's get back to and we into the program VOC SOS helpline and we were describing um, different and I'm, I'm wanting the wife to understand that these are of the things that could be causing your husband to withdraw so we, we spoke about different um, contributing factors that could be happening, how anxiety provoking it can sometimes be for a husband when he suddenly finds himself at a very young age having to look after three children and a wife. And really things are very, very, very expensive. So they could, he could even be experiencing what we say anticipatory fear, meaning he's already thinking, how am I going to... Um, be able to afford them going to university so he worries about things that will happen well in the future and one of the ways in which we will try and help him would be to say look plan today for the the future yes but you cannot worry about something that's going to happen in 17, 18, 19 years time. You need to plan for that. And if you've done your best today, you've got to leave it in Allah's hands and make dua and trust that you would have made good choices today. So the answer to that would be good choices, good management, prayer, good planning, etc. And following it through, have a goal, have a short term goal, medium goal. Uh, term goal, long term goal, and you work towards your goals. You don't get over excited or anxious. You tell yourself calmly, I will work out the strategies. Calmly, I will look at the do's and don'ts and I will try it. And, and I always would recommend write it down. Write down so that you can look at it because when it is on paper, it almost feels more manageable and it feels a lot more doable. But there is another aspect or 
if also an aspect I'd like to mention. When a husband go- goes cold and different and withdrawn and treats you badly and starts looking for a fight and criticizes things and is irritable and agitated. Well, you know, the old man said, Seriously, that's what an older person would have said. Now, what one would want to suggest is that could be a possibility. And of course, it would be good to speak, try and f- understand what is happening. But also look at other indicators. If you think it could be that he might have started a friendship with someone, he might not be having an affair, but he might have started a friendship with someone. He might be speaking with someone. So the things that you'd look for is, does he have a password on his phone? Does he carry his phone all over with him? Is he very protective or overprotective over his phone? Does he sometimes have a conversation and leaves the room, etc., etc., etc.? So you will have a sense of, you know what, I just have the sense in my gut that something is wrong. If you do not have that, then it probably isn't that. You know, Allah has put an amazing sense in both partners if someone is cheating. So if it feels for you that he isn't, then then go with that. Don't become suspicious. Speak with him. If you've spoken with him and it hasn't helped, then I'm going to suggest that you suggest to him that the two of you go for a little bit of um, marital counseling. It's very, very helpful. And, you know, marital counseling is not about badgering someone. It's about trying to understand what is happening with a person and then helping the person to manage those things very, very often it's worries, it's fears, it's losses, it's sadness. And and those can be worked through. And when those things have been worked through, it feels better. But there's also something else. If you're a young person in a marriage with three little ones that are so small, it's a time of sober. It's a time of knowing things are different to what I would that I, that I dreamed about. It's a time in which you will know if you really enjoyed being intimate with your wife every night, you're now going to probably settle for once a week. And, you know, you have to help her in the house so, so that she is not so tired by the time the two of you get into bed. So it's, it takes working together, planning around things, and not neglecting a little bit of alone time. So my thoughts are also take help. Take help from others. Arrange that once one day of a month, on let's say Saturday or a Sunday, you will take the children to go and spend time with your mommy's mom. And that will give the two of you a couple time. And then on another uh, weekend, the children will go to daddy's mom and that time again is your alone time and that is the time in which you have to make use of it in terms of lovey-dovey time. Moenie die tyd gebruik om die elektricity en die reits te discuss nie. That is the time in which you have to restore the connectedness 
and the loving between the two of you. One of the things that I also recommend is, or of the things that I recommend is, when you come home, make a point of greeting with a hug. And I usually will say the hug should last at least six seconds. And when you hug, feel the hug and be conscious and present in the hug. Don't be hugging and thinking, When you're hugging your husband, concentrate on that hug. Perhaps to say something nice like, oh, I missed you. Just keep me closer. Home may stay fast. It's so nice when I am with you. It's so nice to feel your hug. Feel the strength of the connectedness between the two of you. Is a very good way of just having that connectedness still going. And then I suggest 15 minutes daily lovey-dovey time. At least try, even if the two of you are so tired, and now you get into bed. And now the two of you will say, This is our 15 minutes lovey dovey time. I'll lay on snow net in his whole no net, Anna, because we are so tired. But that gives you a conscious decision to have connectedness going. I would really recommend that at least once every second weekend, oh my word, is little enough, that you get either of the two grandparents to babysit for you and you go out and you have lovey-dovey time. If you can do it more often, like once a week, that would be great. So look at ways in which you can restore the relationship and don't look with blaming eyes at your partner. Take the responsibility. Make it happen. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't wait for your husband or your wife to try and make the plans. Make the plans yourself and be happy. You know, take the time, create the time and just be happy and loving with each other. Mooi praat, liefdevol wees, sober, nie gauw op jou perkie spring nie. Do not accuse, ask. When you ask, listen. Don't have a preconceived idea. And then even if the person explains something to you, you believe your own thoughts. And nothing's going to change that. Then it's almost futile that you even asked a question or that you went into a conversation. The art of a good conversation is how to listen in the best of way. So I, I really hope that I've, and I mean the gist of the discussion has been, Try to get to understand why your husband has changed, what is contributing to him, uh, the change that has come about. And then you, when you know the specifics, you have a specific intervention then to explore so that you, so that you don't do one thing, but you actually needed to do a second thing. Inshallah. May Allah make it easier on you, inshallah. And remember, when you are working on your marriage, Allah is with you. Remember to work on your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your husband. It is important for you. You have as much a responsibility to nurture your relationship with your husband. So sometimes when you feel he isn't loving, you be loving. In a marriage, there is no place for arrogance, um, uh, astrantite, 
what's it, Kopperheit? <laughs> I'm trying to get to the words. Um, this, the arrogance of, well, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. There is no place in a marriage for that. A marriage asks of you to be vulnerable, to have sober, om mooi te praat, om in te gee, om die minste te wees, al by van julle. Not just the one person. So inshallah, I really hope that, that I've helped this lady to try and work out a plan that she can follow in regard to the change that her husband has undergone. So having said that, I am looking at another um, SMS that had come through. And it says, I'm a mother of six, all different A stages. I was in an MVA recently, meaning a uh, motor car accident. And my eldest son died. Oh, yeah, Allah, in my arms. I now have to control my feelings. Sometimes it's difficult. I do speak to my maker, but how can I control what I feel and be strong for my family? My deepest, 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 yeah, Allah, most sincere condolences for your loss. I am so sorry. Yeah, Allah, I am so sorry. I can only imagine the pain that you must be in. And I. this is a time in which it is so important that you do work with yourself. And I will explain what I mean. You know, the things that one says to yourself is what's going to help you to work through one day at a time. My thoughts to you would be you have to really take it one day at a time and sometimes we say take it one wakt at a time because one day feels too long. I, th I know that you need to be strong for your children. It would be very, very helpful for you to have a little bit of therapy for yourself in, in which time you can really just be you and, and not just the mother. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that you can cry, so that you can express your pain, so that you can really speak about what is happening in your heart. You are saying that you're speaking to the Creator, and it's a good thing. My thoughts to you are: you can even write. You can write. I always recommend write letters to Allah. Speak with Allah in letters to Allah, and. Tell Allah what it feels like. Tell Allah how you miss your son. Tell Allah how hard it has been because it isn't easy. This is one of the most sore tests that we can ever be tested by. People will over and over say that losing a child is the most difficult loss of all the losses. So, so you know, and but kind of but speak about your son that you had lost. I want to say normalize very respectfully the loss of your child so that the other children in the family can understand and they can know that it's okay to speak about the son, um, to cry about him, to speak about how they miss him. It is good for you as a family to grieve together. So sometimes people think I'm not going to to show I'm sad because then the others <clears throat> are not, you know, they're going to feel sad too. In fact, you will find that 
every member of the family could be thinking the same thing. And one would really recommend that not in an extreme way, but show your sadness. Show how you miss your child. Cry in front of the children, although in a, in a good way, not in a, in a way that could cause them huge distress. Um, let them know that it's okay that they can come and cry by you. But really, I would want to suggest for you to have a little bit of therapy for yourself. If you're not able to go to a private uh, psychologist, I'm going, to, I'm going to recommend that you go to the clinic nearest to you and ask them to refer you to a psychologist at a clinic that is also nearest to you. And inshallah, may Allah make it easier on you. May Allah ease the sadness in your heart. But what I wanted to say is, and I know we, goodness, I think I'm being told we need to take a break and I'm sure that I'm over my time already. So I'm hoping that I've been uh, of help to you. 